Okay, before I even get into Summer Games Fest, I do need to acknowledge that just yesterday I posted a video about two rumored remakes, one being Final Fantasy IX, two being Persona 3, and Persona 3 I speculated was going to get announced at the upcoming Xbox showcase on Sunday, and lo and behold, Atlas accidentally posted the trailer for Persona 3 Reload is the official name on their Instagram, immediately removed it, but you know, people downloaded it posted on the internet it's all over the place but it is real and it is happening and i think we're going to hear more about it on sunday uh and that's really exciting that's not why we're here we're here to talk about summer games fest jeff Keeley's event that happens every summer has essentially replaced e3 i guess at this point uh and i didn't want to talk about it by myself so i brought on my friend and co-host of into the aether steven hilger to talk all about it uh one thing that should be noted we didn't record with the video on so what you're gonna see instead of the two of us talking is the demo of Lies of P, the Pinocchio-inspired, Dark Souls-inspired action RPG that now has a demo that got announced during Summer Games Fest. Enjoy the recap and enjoy Pinocchio. Steven, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be on Wavelengths. Yeah, so excited. So we we just watched uh, Jeff Keighley Presents Summer Games Fest 2023, which is the full official name. It's not. Um, and <laughs> you, and, you and I wanted to at least hop on the mic. We usually, after big events like this, we'll record recently more recently at least like patron bonuses for stuff like this or if it's like really unhinged if something is like absolutely wild then we'll we'll record what we call a leakage episode of into the aether um and release that but this one is kind of in a weird spot i don't know how you felt about it overall but it's like it was kind of subdued it was like kind of a subdued event yeah i thought i thought it was pretty good i i definitely um there have been some summer game fests where like i forget why i'm even watching it like i'm like what was i even excited for like why did i why did i sign up for this this is not one of them i think it opened strong and ended strong which is kind of all you need to do for an event like this that's true that's true there were some really bizarre moments but that's kind of why you're there too like i feel like there's a little bit of like a a peanut gallery yeah you are there for the and for fans of final fantasy 7 here's a doordash gift card (laughs) experience (laughs) which was unreal that was great. That was great. Even Jeff laughing at that, like he even he knew. I think he like planned that. That was like it was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, yeah, I I think it, it, it's an event where I didn't really have a lot of expectations going in, which is usually the best place to be. I think for any kind of summer games event. But generally speaking, even with that, there were a couple things here and there that I was kind of expecting to see, which did show up, which was fun, and like a couple surprises here and there. And that's really all that you can ask for. I think at the end of the day, is just like if there's one thing you didn't know about this is the thing you and I say all the time but if there's one thing you didn't know about ahead of time that you're now excited about then that's a win I think totally totally I feel like I I was up until two in the morning playing Street Fighter 6 and <laughs> then I thought about playing Zelda and I'm like I'm good like I'm set for the foreseeable future <laughs> you can show me like just a picture of cloud and it will say someday in good font and I'll be like yeah that's enough like, that's all, that's all I needed. <laughs> That's all the information I needed. Thanks, Jeff. Let's just get into this stuff. Let's get into it. Yeah. yeah. There, so we picked out some things that we thought were exciting. We're not going to talk about everything because uh, honestly, not everything I think is exciting enough to talk about. I don't want to talk about fucking Pal World, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Just, oh, <laughs> what over. if Pokemon had guns? I don't need yeah. that in my life. Thanks, though. I do want to talk about the first, the very first thing that got announced uh, was Prince of Persia, the Lost Crown, which I do want to touch on. I, I think you and I are in the same boat where it's like not really here to like 
talk about how great Ubisoft is, considering uh, what a nightmare the like executive level of that company is at the moment. Um, I would rather they just announce that their CEO has stepped down. I think that would be more exciting than most For things. Real. Yeah. Um, but Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown, I think, like bringing Prince of Persia back is exciting. I think that's very cool. Yeah. And this take on it being closer to what the original was like, you know, a, a very like side scrolly kind of uh, flowy platforming game that now seems to be taking like more modern inspirations from things like i mean it's an e- it's an easy one to point out but like hollow knight um they said in a tweet that this is supposed to be a metroidvania it's coming out early next year i just think i just think it looked like the animation was smooth enough to make me think that this game is going to feel really good to play and that's kind of what i'm most interested in yeah i i think uh the central mechanic of this series kind of being reversing time is inherently a cool one and is also like that is something we see pop up every now and then, but it's never been like fully iterated on, yeah, you know, like, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of in Zelda with the recall ability and like, mm. you know, Braid did a similar thing. But I think in the, in the context of a Metroidvania, I think it has a lot of potential. So I'm like, I'm curious about this. I don't know if I was sold by the trailer, but I definitely am curious and want to know more about it. Yeah, I, I think there, there's been ongoing rumors for a really long time that there is an upcoming like remake of Prince of Persia. Like there is a new 3D Prince of Persia, like Sands of Time remake, hypothetically. Um, so when I saw the prince show up, I was like, oh, it must be that, I guess. Um, but it being a complete swerve and being this, I think it was actually kind of intriguing in a cool way to start the, start the show. But the next thing is the thing that they announced was going to happen in the show. And I was excited to talk to you about specifically, which is Mortal Kombat 1 we finally yeah. got gameplay for it um and a release date I, I don't know if we knew that already but it's september 19th 2023 yeah i'm i'm getting even more excited for this like i uh I've, I've mentioned this before but mortal kombat is a series that i like it's not on the same level as like street fighter yeah or or other series for me but i'm always like happy to go back to it whenever there's an entry that kind of pulls me back in yeah um and this just seems like so clearly the one that they want like new and old fans to like come back to mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. i mean it's it's also funny because it's like this is not the first time they've just been like whatever new universe like yeah mortal mortal kombat 9 was just called mortal kombat mm-hmm. and that was like a retelling of one through three it was almost like tony hawk pro skater one plus two in a, in a <laughs> sense but mortal kombat uh i guess if they said mortal kombat one plus two plus three that would not have the same ring to it but <laughs> I feel like uh, I've heard great things about Eleven, and I feel like this series has really leaned even harder into the camp of it all. Yeah. And that makes it much more inviting and fun, in my opinion. Um, Like, I'm not really that, like, I I don't do well with gore, but I feel like it's so far removed in the more modern Mortal Kombat games that it's, like, just Looney Tunes level of of violence, Mm. you know? Yeah. And seeing, like, how it actually plays, I mean, I... I haven't, I don't know why, but I haven't played the Injustice games, but I hear such great things about them. And it feels like, you know, if Mortal Kombat 9 was Mortal Kombat kind of re-entering the fighting game world, it's like, we're, we're going to be on the same level of like as competitive of a game as like Street Fighter 4. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's, it's really cool to see the evolution of the series, like from Mortal Kombat 9 to 10 to Injustice and then 11. It, it feels like they've really like figured out like the best version of Mortal Kombat just yeah. based on what we've seen. We'll see how it is. 
But I, I'm really excited to check it out in a way that I wasn't really expecting to be excited about it. I, I think what's going to be really interesting is if how much of an on-ramp it is for new players, right? Like Street yeah. Fighter VI is a game that you and I are loving and talking about a lot. And that's a game that has a really clear on-ramp for people who are like new to fighting games, period. Not just people who are new to Street Fighter. And right. I'm wondering how much of an on-ramp this game is going to have. And I also wonder if that'll be like a death knell for the new Tekken, for example. Like, is Tekken going to come out and sure. be like, hey, do you already love Tekken? then here's another Tekken but like what if you don't like I don't I don't know if the Tekken team was so aware of how much competition they were going to be facing this year you know what I mean yeah I I could I could get I mean who knows and I I would love to see Tekken also kind of take this approach but I do wonder if that's going to be like you're already in the club here's another one kind of thing right well speaking of Street Fighter actually the next thing that was announced that we want to talk (laughs) about was the crossover with Exoprimal which is the new Capcom IP where you fight a bunch of robot dinosaurs or or your robot who fight dinosaurs that fall through yeah. a portal into a city yeah it's like weirdly kind of a muso game i feel like the, the footage we've seen of it yeah. has that feeling to it but with dinosaurs yeah it's like what if um, earth defense force had a really high budget and yes. with dinosaurs instead of bugs honestly brendan you saying that has made me excited for this game <laughs> like anytime they they advertise exoprimal i'm like is this gonna be like the stinker that breaks capcom's recent chain of like hit after hit after hit <laughs> right right but now i'm all in uh and i'm also like on a certain level i'm just really happy that capcom is producing something like that it's such a wild weird game yeah like just in concept why not you know why not ha- like if you're having all these like you know all these really great entries in very established series why not kind of take a risk on the side if you have the resources to do so yeah but i think this is kind of exciting i mean this is a to me this really reads as like street fighter 6 taking a bit of a Fortnite approach to like cosmetics well this like is the other like, way around this is street fighter people showing up in exoprimal specifically oh is it yeah, I, I thought it was okay it's I, confusing because I, I, yeah. I, I had to watch i literally watched this two times after the event again so i could get a better understanding of it but it's like a robotic ryu and guile showing up as i think playable characters in exoprimal oh. But it does kind of raise some questions if it will go the other way also, if they're going to have just like Capcom crossovers all over the place, because I would love that because you and I were talking during the event how fun it would be to get some kind of Dragon's Dogma DLC in in street fighter but also getting dragon's dogma dlc and exoprimal or street fighter and exoprimal (laughs) dlc in dragon's dogma 2 like all of that is exciting no matter what they choose to do with that i think it's all exciting i want to pawn ken you know right but if exoprimal becomes the super smash brothers of capcom instead of street fighter that would be very funny to me see i i my read on it was i thought it was like there's a exoprimal event in street fighter and you're gonna get like costumes and stuff in that time that might be it too you might be right also yeah and then there's like another thing later we'll we'll find out there's so many question marks around exoprimal we'll we'll all find (laughs) out together yeah june 12th Uh, is when capcom is having their own event and exoprimal is one of the games that they're going to focus on so we'll it's just have some better idea at least it's really great like i'm so happy that all these franchises at capcom are like i'm just like it's it's really beautiful to be playing the dreamcast and also seeing all these series alive and well like today yeah it's like you're i'm seeing like two kind of golden ages of capcom which is really fun to witness absolutely Um, yeah uh next up is a game that i'm really 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 excited for you and i to play a lot of on stream which is going to be remnant 2 yeah Uh, i can't wait for this this is a game where we didn't have a release date for a really long time they just kept saying this summer and like hey it's june it is the summer (laughs) we're talking about summer game fest like we're in the summer when is this solstice technically hasn't happened 
But I, I they're know waiting for the solstice. Summer. <laughs> if any game is waiting for the solstice, <laughs> it's Remnant Two. Yeah, uh, this game is coming out July twenty fifth, which is exciting. They showed off a bunch of new worlds. They showed a bunch of uh, multiplayer, which is fun. Some of the co op. Um, if you don't know about Remnant, Remnant from the Ashes is, I think, one of the best like Demon Souls inspired uh, sleeper hits, maybe ever. Maybe it is the best. Demon Souls inspired sleeper hit, if I was to guess. Um, but initially, I think it was pitched to a lot of people as just like, what if Dark Souls had guns in it? Um, but the real focus is like, what if Dark Souls was co-op, had guns in it, and took place in 14 different versions of concept art for 14 different video games? Yeah, it feels like a, like Kingdom Hearts with just public domain assets. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, we made worlds out of just whatever we had, and it, there's something really beautiful about that. But it is like, I think the the fact that it's pulling from so many different things, it really does end up being a very unique experience. Yeah. And the guns are like so fun and weird and creative. Like mm-hmm. we had a, a really great time with that game. It also kind of begs for a sequel because as much as I love the first one, it is like. You know, it, it could be refined. Like it's definitely yeah. there's there's visible room for iteration. So I'm really excited to see what the sequel does with what they set up. Yeah, what was interesting was I think that was a, a really common refrain about the first game, and the the studio that was making it was planning on making like a really huge DLC thing for Remnant One, and eventually was like, you know what, scrap it, start from scratch, Remnant Two. This is just a sequel. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think if they're, if they're gonna build a bunch of stuff on top of anything it'll be remnant 2 which i think is a smart move uh i'm i'm so excited for that game to come out i'm so excited about it uh up next sonic superstars which uh is wild i mean it's it's sega taking i think a pretty big swing in terms of art direction um yeah you described it as having like a Link's awakening kind of look to it yeah it has a little bit of like a toy box look um which i i like we were talking about how it, it at least based on the trailer, the animation of the characters running feels a little bit off. Yeah. But aesthetically, I think it looks really nice. I mean, it's kind of weird to like have only recently got into Sonic. Uh, because I, of the I murder recently, of Sonic the Hedgehog? Because of the murder of Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog. And also, we played Sonic Mania somewhat recently yeah. to the Aether. Uh, right. And I love that. So I'm excited to see how this is. I'm not like, uh, I'm not like super invested, but, you know, it's also like having the four player co-op kind of be like front and center in the marketing i kind of read this as like more of like a party game yeah approach to sonic which is great so you know i'm excited to see how this shapes up yeah actually i i'd be curious to check and see if that's four player local co-op or online co-op also because i yeah. think if it's online then i'd be probably more compelled to maybe check it out sure uh, but we'll see um <laughs> up next oh is God. lies of p which if you're Watching this video on YouTube, yeah. if you're not listening to the podcast version of this, and you're watching this on YouTube or Spotify, you are looking at the demo of Lies of P, which is available. Yeah, I don't need right to hear now. about it. I can see it. I'm yeah. looking at I'm looking <laughs> at the lies right in front of me. <laughs> Yo, when the game is loading, it says lying instead of loading. <laughs> oh my god. It says lying game. <laughs> our friend Will, we were we were watching this together in a call, and our friend Will said this game is gaining me and losing me at, at like light year speeds yeah. basically <laughs> and that's exactly how i feel about it like it's it's such a not to be mean it's such a silly idea that i'm like already kind of intrigued at the pitch of like a pinocchio dark souls game yeah but i have to say like a lot of the character design a lot of like the monsters and all that genuinely look really cool and i think they've kind of nailed like a sort of pan's labyrinth approach like a dark fairy tale tone yeah and that is like i think a really cool style of setting to explore in this type of game 
I just find some of the stuff they showcase in the trailer feels like a little derivative of, of like Bloodborne to me. Yeah. Like, and like, I can kind of forgive that because it's clearly wearing its influence on its sleeve, but like, I'm not picking up any sense of self-awareness or humor. And like, even Elden Ring has like a little bit of a sense of humor about it. You know, <laughs> right. I feel like if you, if you don't have any shred of, of humor or self-awareness with lies of B, it just, it's hard to take seriously. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm very excited to see how it is. And I will probably check it out, but I just can't, I truly can't figure out how I feel about it. I'll also add, though, I'd rather see eight Lies of P.S. games than, like, another generic thing. Like, I, I'm glad they're, like, going for it. Yeah. So I respect it kind of inherently for that reason. Here's the thing. So uh, I, I have played the demo, which is the footage that is on screen right now. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to hear about this. And I will say that it is a extremely competent Bloodborne clone in a lot cool. of ways. Like, I think, like, mechanically, it feels actually surprisingly really good. Um, I think all everything that you touched on in terms of, like, the world design, the art design, all of that really holds up. I really love at least the opening area that you explore. I love the enemies you're fighting. They're all these, like, mechanical puppets who have come to life and have become evil. All of that stuff is really cool, but I don't have a sense of, like, really what this game is trying to do outside of being, like, Bloodborne, but as Pinocchio. <laughs> like, that... that yeah. That is the pitch, and that is the entirety of the game, as far as I am aware at the moment. I I am willing to give it the benefit of the doubt when it comes out. Sure. But at the moment, I just am like, yeah, it's cool that uh, a studio is looking at Bloodborne as inspiration, I guess, instead of Dark Souls. Because I feel like a lot of the Souls-esque games we get are based on, you know, more Dark Souls than Bloodborne, which everyone is constantly clamoring for Bloodborne too. So might as well have one about Pinocchio, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Careful what you wish for. Up next, Sandland which you and I both didn't know about when this got announced, but it's, it's a manga by Akira Toriyama, famous for Dragon Ball specifically. Also, all the design for Dragon Quest, uh, maybe the best franchise of all time. I did a bunch of research about this. This is a manga that only had one volume total. It only went for like a couple months in the year 2000, um, but it's also getting a movie this year. But this is just like, I don't know. Like, I don't really know what to think about this game because I feel like we didn't really see a lot of the game. It was more like you know you and i were sitting there being like is this dragon quest i have no idea <laughs> and then it wasn't we we're like oh sandland okay cool sounds good can't wait to like learn anything else about it it seems to be kind of like a open world action game like we did see some of the combat yeah. stuff and it looks beautiful it must be difficult to translate toriyama's style into 3d and i'm like constantly amazed how well they did it in dragon quest 11 yeah here it actually does kind of have almost like a 2.5d effect where it kind of looks more like the manga style but it is in a 3D environment. Yeah, it looks a lot like Blue Dragon on the Xbox 360, which is another Toriyama art-directed game um, by Sakaguchi and Mistwalker. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to get any more information about Sandland. Like, I I just... It looks cool. If if Toriyama's on board that I'm in, really, is kind of where I'm at. Um, Up next is one that I know you're really excited about, which is Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, yeah. All all we really learned about this uh, was that Jason Isaacs is in it as one of the villains, which is funny. They... Jeff Keighley announced this as like, there's a new villain with a familiar voice. And I was like, oh, okay, here comes the stunt casting. You know, everyone wants their Keanu Reeves moment. Summer Games Fest had their Nicolas Cage moment earlier in the show, which we didn't even talk about. But I was like, okay, who's the next famous person that they put in Baldur's Gate 3? And then seeing it was Jason Isaacs was like, oh, 
No, that's that's just good casting, man. Like that's not even like stunt casting. That's just that's just good cat. Like he has a great voice yeah. for this shit. Absolutely, put him in this video game. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm just so excited for this. Uh, it comes out in August, and uh, I I'm also at the perfect place because I feel like I only recently saw the truth about Divinity: Original Sin two, and like have fallen in love with that game. Right. Yeah. And I mean, my my whole like I played a bit of the early access of Baldur's Gate three, and my initial feeling was like this feels like what i want divinity to be Mm -hmm. like my initial playthrough of divinity original sin 2 i felt a little bit like i was constantly being told no like i was always on fire i was always (laughs) being told i have to find something else yeah and like that's still the case but i feel like that game really benefits from going in with like a little bit more knowledge like i'm really enjoying my second playthrough much more I, i i just think Baldur's gate is so clearly picking up the bioware baton like i feel like it's I, I'm almost a little bit nervous for whatever the new Dragon Age is. Not to pit them against each other, but I just feel like yeah. what I'm seeing from Baldur's Gate 3 is like what I want from the next Dragon Age. Mm. You know, so I'm I'm really, really excited for this game to yeah. come out. Me too. I'm I'm almost more excited to like I'm excited to play it myself, but I'm more excited to experience it via you. Like I feel like <laughs> I feel like even if I don't get as into it as I want to, like I know that you're going to, and I think that that's yeah. gonna be like an infectious high that I'm excited to uh, <laughs> live vicariously through. Up next, really excited, Like a Dragon Gaiden, The Man Who Erased His Name, yeah. which uh, is a new game in the Yakuza franchise, Yakuza having been renamed uh, in the West to Like a Dragon. Um, this is coming out November 9th for all platforms. It's Kiryu, except he's removed his name, hence the, hence the name of the video game. Uh, and he seems to be like a, a spy. There seems to be some kind of like espionage thing going on. And also maybe he has telekinesis and superpowers. <laughs> I don't I don't fully understand what I was watching, but I'm on board for whatever it is. I just I just feel like at the point that you and I are at now with this franchise, it's like you announce a new one. You and I will play it. I don't even yeah. need any more information than that. Like, who? I don't care who's in it. I'm going to see some familiar faces. That'll be great. Yeah. The track record of the series is like second to none honestly yeah like i i haven't played all of them yet but like i feel like even the weaker ones people are like this is still like an all-timer but it just didn't make me cry quite as much as these two right you know yeah. or whatever yeah but yeah i uh whenever kiryu shows up now i gasp like i just he just has <laughs> that star power that you want a protagonist to have i want kiryu to show up in a fighting game that's the thing i keep thinking about yeah i'm actually kind of amazed he's not in smash although saying that out loud why would he be in smash? <laughs> <laughs> why not though that's true. Why, Why not? not? Up next is a game called Lisfanga, the Time Shift Warrior, which uh, had a really beautiful animatic. As soon as the animatic ended, it just looked a lot like Hades, kind of, without the like kind of uh, more art directed, almost cell shaded energy that Hades has. It looks like at kind of halfway point between Hades and and Diablo in a lot of ways, yeah. uh, in terms of its art direction. I I think initially I was a little bit underwhelmed by what this game was going for because of the the hard whiplash between the cinematic and the actual gameplay. Um, but watching it again. It looks really interesting. It looks like a lot of the the maneuverability is going to be the focus of how how that game works and operates and like how you get better at it. I don't even know if it's a roguelike. I I just think it I just think it looks interesting. It's kind of like the one to watch for me of all the things that got announced today. Yeah, I, I'm really intrigued by the central mechanic. I'm not sure if it's something where like you can just at will create copies of yourself mm-hmm. or if those are your previous runs. And yeah. You have to like incorporate those into your next playthrough somehow which would be a really creative way to interpret a roguelike totally yeah i I definitely i'm definitely intrigued by this game 
I need a little bit more information, but I, I feel the same way as you. Yeah. Then there was uh, Final Fantasy VII got, got two announcements. The first one being Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which is an iOS and Android game that I personally have been very excited about ever since they announced it. The whole idea of Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, if you don't know anything about it, is that they're taking all of the disparate spinoffs and like movies and everything related to Final Fantasy VII. So like the game and every other game uh, and taking all of those stories and then essentially weaving them into one long game with all with the same mechanics throughout the whole thing. So you will experience the story hypothetically, I guess, of like Dirge of Cerberus, but as a turn based combat game. Uh, but you will also go through the story of Final Fantasy seven and Advent Children and maybe remake and rebirth. I don't know. Uh, also, Crisis Core, like all of this stuff is going to be. <laughs> contained in one game which is such an overwhelming and ambitious idea i think absolutely even if this ends up being like a microtransaction filled battle pass nightmare shit like i am i'm just still astounded by the ambition to even try this Uh, and then what's more to put it on a cell phone (laughs) instead of being like a big thing that's on my switch or whatever um, i also appreciate wild. the the trailer opening with just sephiroth on his cell phone yeah like i think I, it said how well do you know sephiroth and then it showed him <laughs> on his motorola razor <laughs> i uh i feel like this i'm almost there i i i have not played dirt or cerberus i've played <laughs> a bit of crisis core yeah play the original and the remake i've watched evan children and it's so funny to know that like this game that's maybe like my favorite game ever i've experienced half of the story of, yeah there of was Ever a bit Crisis. of this where you and i were like what even is <laughs> who that who is this yeah what are, who are they showing <laughs> who are these people and we're like i guess that's why you need to make this game it's so funny i i'm really curious about this i think this has the potential of being really cool and also like a really accessible and approachable way to like see through all these games you know yeah. like thankfully they're all fairly available other than maybe Oh, no, you can play the original on Switch. They're all pretty available. Yeah. I guess other than Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, get this instead. Yeah. I can't wait to play Dirge of Cerberus one day. One day we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a feeling that whenever they do, uh, like, the, the Vincent interlude for the Final yeah. Fantasy VII remake, they will also remaster Dirge of Cerberus. Because it seems like you got you got the Yuffie chapter, right? Because Yuffie is going to be important to Rebirth, which we'll talk about in a second. But also, uh, Zack seems to be important to final fantasy remake at this point so they remake crisis core so you can understand zach's whole story as well and i feel like leading up to vincent, vincent will get it yeah he, I, that also kind of nods to the fact that he and yuffie were optional characters yeah giving their mission making their missions dlc i think kind of makes sense in that way yeah let's just get right into final fantasy 7 rebirth which was i think the thing that everyone was just kind of expecting to happen sure did show up with a new trailer and i feel bad because i've been beating this drum since they've announced this game but they said that this game was going to come out in winter of 2023 and like that just was never a possibility in my eyes the idea of final fantasy 16 and final fantasy 7 rebirth coming out in the same year is like that could either be the best fiscal year square enix has ever had or one of those games is gonna slip yeah right so they announced that this game is coming early 2024 now which is I, i still soon and still exciting uh, don't get me wrong, but this trailer was amazing. They showed g- pretty much everything I wanted to see from a trailer for this game, considering, and and I guess light spoilers for Final Fantasy VII, kind of. The way the game works is you have the entire opening in Midgar, which is what Final Fantasy VII Remake is all about, and then Cloud and Party then leave Midgar, 
and the world opens up and you can go travel and visit other towns and stuff. But Final Fantasy VII Remake was just the Midgar section. So the big yeah. question was like, okay, you're going from this, you know, enclosed, highly, uh, highly detailed city to now an open world, quote unquote, where you can visit a bunch of towns and take on side quests and like explore kind of to your heart's content. And that's a very different kind of game than what Final Fantasy VII Remake was. And I've been really curious about what that was even going to look like. And we got a pretty good glimpse of that this time yeah it, it's kind of taking the open world approach i would based on what we've seen i would guess it will be open world in the way dragon quest 11 is open world where it's like mm. a lot of kind of going from town to town and like early on there really isn't a ton of like you know paths to take yeah. but like it, you kind of get more freedom to travel as the game goes on i mean that's how the original is paced at least like right when you leave midgar you have this feeling of openness but you can only go to Comtown. Uh, or or Chocobo <laughs> Ranch. Or I know there's a, there's a few places, but like you know, it's it's still a very linear game. Um, it just feels more open, and then eventually it is pure, fully open once you have the airship. Right. My big thing was like I I loved I loved the remake. You know, we we have many episodes about it. Without spoiling the remake, I was wondering like, okay, like is the next chapter gonna be just beat for beat like the next part of the game? You know, especially because like you said they kind of blow up Midgar a bit where like Midgar is the first like eight to 10 hours of the original. And the remake is like a 30 hour RPG. That's just in Midgar. I actually do think that really paid off. Cause I, I do think even though Midgar is shorter in the original, it is the first act by all means, like in, of the story. Yeah. We, we've replayed the original somewhat recently. And I was like, man, there are so many beats of this story in the early world map chapters that I like need to see in the remake verse yeah. like I, I just i don't want it to be one-to-one -one, but i just need them to cover some of the same ground and i feel like they definitely are like what we've seen in this in this trailer shows like very iconic moments in the first disc of the game mm -hmm. but also a lot of new stuff and i think what we talked about with remake when it first came out was we kind of said that that game is like a third one-to-one -one, a third like this happened in the original but they're like tweaking it or changing it or like kind of giving it more meaning or this is entirely new like roche yeah. our favorite mullet <laughs> uh motorcycle guy so i feel like if they if they keep a similar balance i think that's like perfection because mm -hmm. i i think like while i really do think that the remake games benefit from taking their own direction with the series uh i i selfishly want to see like I want to see Gold Saucer. I want to see Comtown. I want to see Jacobo Ranch. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm really excited. I, I think I think the open world will actually help the game because the pacing of the first part of the remake is a little bit weird when it comes to side quests. Totally. Because like they'll be like, hey, welcome to this sector of Midgar. For story reasons, you can never come back here. So do all the side quests now or never again. Yeah. And also places that were meant to be pit stops in the story become hubs for the story right. instead they become like they're kind of the opposite of what you're saying like there are certain areas that are supposed to be places that you just see for five seconds like for a cutscene and then move on that they've now turned into like hub cities with 15 side quests you have to do before you can move on so i feel like kind of sprinkling the side quests just in the world map will will benefit the game's pacing yeah it's like okay i am at and this is a this is just a guess on my part but i imagine it will be like do i want to you know venture forth to the next town and continue the main story do i want to explore like i don't i don't think it's going to be like fully open world the way like elden ring is nor would i really want that mm -hmm. um but I, i'm sure that there will be like kind of forks in the road to do side stuff like with the chocobos and everything yeah chocobo I, I i think if 
if you're right and it is similar to the way Dragon Quest Eleven is built in terms of its open world and and its explorability, then that is like the perfect perfect move for them. I, I hadn't even considered that, but I would I would love if that was the case. That's that's everything that happened at Summer Games Fest. But uh, there was another thing that happened after Summer Games Fest that I think you and I wanted to touch on really quick. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I almost forgot. Which yeah. uh, I've already talked about in the intro, but I just want to kind of get your take on it. Uh, so somebody at Atlas apparently accidentally posted the trailers for persona 3 reload and persona 5 tactics on their instagram and then immediately deleted them but persona 3 reload is the remake of persona 3 that has been rumored for a long time i literally just made an episode of wavelengths all about it yesterday and and here is uh atlas just accidentally posting it how how are you feeling about this because i'll just how are you feeling about this I am so excited. I mean, we've talked a lot about Persona 3 and how that game is like the perfect candidate for a remake. Like to be clear, like I'm I am definitely someone who is a little bit more skeptical of like remakes in general, despite my praise for FF7 just minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um I think it makes me sad that sometimes there's this uh default approach to like, oh, a game is is X years old, therefore we have to remake it for it to be, like, totally. seen and heard. But Persona 3 is, like, in a series, you know, alongside 4 and 5, where those games have these widely available definitive editions, like you've said many times. 3 is kind of left incomplete. You know, you have Persona 3 Fez, which is sort of the de facto definitive edition, but it's missing a lot of content. Specifically, the 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 femme protagonist uh, Persona Three Portable, and also you can't control your party members like you can in Persona Three Portable. So like, there's not really. Uh, I think everyone just like just put the two pieces together, you know, like have the. I know it's it's harder than than just doing that. If you're gonna green light a remake of Persona Three, you might as well put those two pieces together. But I will say. That notably, the femme protagonist was not present in this trailer. Yeah, which that if that's the case, that's a huge disappointment. Could you imagine if the 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 answer stuff that they added to uh, Persona Three Fez also wasn't in there? Like, if it's just the base Persona Three remade, like the monkey's paw curling version of a yeah. Persona Three remake? I still I still think that even if it's just the base game remade, I'm still happy that that's happening. But that would be that would be very disappointing if those two things were absent. The thing I'm wondering is, are they pulling a Persona Five Royal where like you have to beat the game in a, in a specific way to get that content? Mm, you know, right? Like maybe that's why that might be a wishful thinking on my part. But I'm just wondering if that's like the reason why it wasn't in the trailer. Steven, the what? worst ever version of this that just popped into my head, and the most Atlas thing i could think about is that they release persona 3 reload and then there's some kind of definitive version of persona 3 reload <laughs> that, that then free. adds the answer and the femme protagonist yeah i uh all this all this to say i think the ability to play persona 3 in in a sort of more modern persona way because you, you like persona 3 is still playable like you can still enjoy the game i played through all of fez and and had a wonderful time with yeah. it but I just think uh, it's I, I think it's worth giving people a more modern and accessible version of it because I think it's the one it's it's not I don't think it's the best of the three, but I think it has the most to say. And I think like the structure of, of Persona in general, it's the game that established the calendar system and the S links and all of that. Right. So like we 
We owe that all to Persona 3. But like all of that, all of that is in service of its central theme of of life and death. That that game's finale is like one of my favorite like wrap-ups of a game ever. And I'm just really excited for more people to see that. Cause as much as I, as much as I love four and five, I feel like when you beat those games, you're like, oh man, I love my friends. But when you beat three, I genuinely think you'll have a stronger appreciation for life, which is like wow. a lot to say about any piece of art, you know? Yeah. Like oh, I'm so excited. I'm it's, so excited. It's really good. And I also think it it might have the best soundtrack. It's a really good soundtrack. Yeah, what I've played of three portable, I was blown away by the soundtrack. Um, yeah this game also is getting an early 2024 release date so this and final fantasy 7 rebirth hypothetically coming out around the same time jeez wow i'm glad we didn't i'm so glad we didn't take our hiatus after goatee can you imagine (laughs) being on break uh while this is all happening but yeah i'm overall i'm excited I'm, i'm cautiously excited for the for the pieces that are missing here yeah but we'll see i mean like i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt given that this wasn't even the official announcement you know yeah yeah uh, hopefully there will be some kind of like blog post or something on atlas's website that will kind of elucidate people a little bit more as to what this actually is um but but for now i'm uh, like you i'm just kind of happy it's happening uh steven thank you so much for joining me where can people find you on the internet oh wow you can find me at steven hilger and at steven hilger art uh and, and of course into the cast online is the show that uh you and i make so that's true yeah well, That's catch you got. later. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to and watching this video. Uh, please like, comment, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, and leave a comment on Spotify. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I love you so much. Bye, bye, bye. 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 <laughs>